Hello, everyone, and welcome. It is season four, episode 65 of Brody Sports Talk. I am your humble host, Caleb Walgren, and I am joined by uh, a sad shamrock on the other side of the podcast with me, and that is uh, none other than Derek Rusnick. Uh, Derek, uh, my apologies for... for We don't normally emphasize the sadness here, but uh, uh, I felt like... I at least had to to call it out and let people know the true feelings uh, of how you're feeling right now. But uh, how how are you feeling? So I always dread uh, May coming around and then June, July, August because the heat is just too much for me. I I, I I'm in a larger body and I am not uh, well equipped for how hot it is, and I don't think the Celtics are either. So uh, I think we'll get into a little bit of that here in just a minute. But uh, yeah, I uh, I was wrong and I apologize. I appreciate that nugget of information, Derek. I think that that oh. is <laughs> great to, for you to tell us how the heat uh, impact you. Uh, but we'll get to we'll get to those puns here in a moment as. We're going to go ahead and start off as the San Antonio Spurs did get the number one overall draft pick in the NBA draft lottery. This, of course, is known as the uh, we think we're going to be able to draft Victor Webanyama pick. If you don't know who Victor Webanyama is, I'm sorry. Where have you been? Uh, I know we don't talk about basketball all that much, but it's just plain and simple that he is uh, a seven foot two player from France that everyone is excited about. And he is going number one overall to San Antonio because they were fortunate enough to get that pick. Uh, Derek, what do you think of the NBA draft lottery, the Spurs getting this pick and apparently going to their similar well of, hey, we like drafting tall guys uh, when we have the number one overall pick. Uh, but it also worked out really well for them in the past with the Admiral and, of course, the big fundamental. So uh, what are your thoughts here? I need to start. Uh, we need to get a uh, a nickname generator out there because the Admiral and the big fundamental are two really great nicknames. And... I need like these people to get more than Wimby. Uh, I, I can't, I can do it, but I'm not going to, uh, to dive into it. No. Um, so I watched the draft lottery, uh, the, the NBA draft lottery and, and the joy that came out of, uh, the front office person who was there, uh, representing the Spurs, uh, just, I mean, just jumped out of his seat and was, Hugging and all that kind of stuff just was super happy. On a side note, I get that this is uh, a draft uh, lottery and there's a little bit of uh, less formalness to it. But can we really put, uh, you know, guys up there that. Okay, how about this? Let's not send a coach that hasn't coached a single game for your team to represent you in the uh, the draft lottery. Let's put a former player up there or a legend 
Um, I mean, I'm sure the Rockets have somebody that they can send other than a guy who made a bunch of uh, of headlines and uh, got fired from his previous position. That's fair. Probably not uh, the best choice, but I mean, Rockets are going to rock it. Um, rockets are going to rock it. You're right. Uh, Derek. I, I don't know if you knew this, but I do have a affinity for AI lately. And so you said, okay. well, let's get a nickname generator going. Okay. Uh, I just went ahead and popped it into uh, chat GPT. Uh, okay. What are 10 nicknames for Victor Webanyama? So I need you to okay. pick which one's the best. And we're going to try to go with it uh, okay. in the future on this podcast. Okay. Uh, number one, VWEM. Number two, no. The Tower. Number three, Vic the Giant. Number four, Slam Victor. Number five, The French Phenom. Okay. Number six, Swap Master. Number seven, Wem Beast. I do okay. like Wem Beast a little bit. Okay, that one's that one's not bad. Uh, number eight, Victor the Victorious. Number nine, The Webinator. <laughs> okay. And number ten, The Shot Blocker. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I'm like that super generic. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with either five or seven. Um, go ahead and give us those again. The Number French five. Phenom and okay. Wem Beast. Wem Beast. Yeah. Um. I mean that Wem Beast is probably my favorite. Uh. But I think we're gonna have to go with something. Uh. I mean, I I I I feel that there's going to be a French word that comes out. Uh. That is going to be his nickname. Um, I, I, I definitely think there's there's something out there, the big baguette or something. I don't. I'm just trying to make up stuff off the top of my head, and, and the, that one was number eleven, and it's better than number ten. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, <laughs> I, I I'm not I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything like that, but I think the NBA wants uh, Greg Popovich to stay coaching. And uh, somehow, some way, they got uh, Wim Beast to uh, to San Antonio because they do not want him ruined by a couple of the other clubs that are sitting up there. That's fair. Uh, I, I think I might try to push Webinator, but I feel like that makes it sound like I'm talking more about a character in uh, the Spider-Verse than it is a NBA uh future NBA star. Uh, maybe we could call him uh, Monsieur Eiffel. Uh, get See, a, get that's little, not bad. Get a little French influence in there. Uh, yeah. You said the big baguette, and I was like, and if he flops, he will be the big croissant, because he will just be soft. And play. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be inside that much. I think he's going to be a three-point shooter. Um, you know, shoots a three-pointer, and then gets his own rebound. Uh, to slam home. I mean, I, th- I think he's just got that much length that he can miss a three-pointer and already be there to uh, to slam at home. All I know is I had a lot of fun with that, and I don't love the Spurs, but I'm happy for them. Uh, they haven't really been relevant since they traded away Kawhi. That was like, I feel like it was seven years ago or so now. Uh, probably not quite that long ago when he went to Toronto, but yeah, we need the resilient Spurs to come back, especially with 
the Heat's doing so well lately. You know, Spurs Heat is just a classic NBA Finals. Uh, speaking of the Heat doing well, uh, yeah. they are playing as we're recording. So I don't know if when we release the episode, if they will have swept the Celtics and it is for nothing and they will join uh, the Nuggets in the finals broom collection as they will have both potentially swept their respective conference finals. Uh, they might they might lose this one, but if they even if they do, uh, it's tough to picture Miami dropping four in a row. They've just played well enough this whole postseason. Uh, note to Grant Williams, I like your passion. Maybe don't get up in Jimmy Butler's face. Just saying. Uh, I think he liked it. And yeah, that was the, the Celtics' best game, game two, that they probably should have won. And then they didn't. And that's something Boston has done a few times in this playoffs. And then uh, Sia wouldn't want to be uh, to the Los Angeles Lakers as they were heartily broomed out of the playoffs by the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I was wrong. I picked the Lakers to win that series just last week. Uh, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to put some respect on the Nuggets. Uh, I also need to put some respect on the Heat. So whoever I take whenever we predict the finals, which let's face it, they're not even going to start by the time we record our Brody Bites next week. So I can still put a prediction out there, even if there's no finals games between now <laughs> and then. Uh, Derek, what do you think of these conference finals? Are you disappointed? Uh, well, I know you're disappointed, but uh, what, what are your kind of general thoughts? Okay, so yeah, I want to go back to a point you just made a second ago. So let's say that something happens, and while you're listening to this, uh, the Heat have swept the Celtics, uh, and so boohoo. Uh, but the finals don't start until the 1st of June. We are talking eight days of nothing but talking heads, talking about the, the matchup. We don't have... You know, you're going to have something on like the 24th, 25th of how do we get here? And then they're going to swap over to Jimmy Butler matchups. And we're going to, you know, who's going to cover Jamal Murray? And they're going to cover Jokic. And it's going to be too much. I mean, honestly, I needed some of these teams to win some games just so we have something to talk about other than what could happen in the NBA Finals. On to your, your original point, I um, I give it up to the Heat. I give it up to Jimmy Butler and the pieces that are around him. I will give it up to Eric Spolstra, the head coach of the Miami Heat, because he has made a, a team and he has coached the uh, ever-loving snot out of the team to get them where they, where they are. They were in the playoff. Uh, tournament the play-in tournament they were they lost their first game I mean so they could have literally been uh, one game away from not being in the playoffs at all and they're in the you know they're they're up 3-0 as we speak probably sweeping the the Celtics who were the uh, the team to beat um, at when you when you got to the final four they beat the Bucks which were the betting favorite to win the uh, the finals this year. So they are finding a way to win. They're finding a way to keep it 
uh, I don't want to say dirty and gritty, but they're making you fight for every possession. And if you're not going to hit your shots, they're going to make you pay for it. They're going to rebound. They're going to get out there. You, you, you never know where the ball is going to come from because you're going to have one guy with 25 points and 11 other guys with like seven points. Uh, it feels that way uh, that that this guy has 11. This guy has seven. Um, but everyone's doing everything they possibly can. Uh, on the other side, the Nuggets look like a team that uh, will not uh, will not say die, will not allow any doubters to be out there. Um, I give it up to the second place MVP um, who won two back to back. I will say that I didn't watch a lot of NBA uh, or a lot of Nuggets games, should I say? A lot of I watched a lot of Thunder games because that's my team, but I didn't watch a lot of Nuggets games, uh, and I did not know how good. Uh, Nikola Jokic was. He is a very good basketball player and deserving of those two MVPs. So I'm looking forward to the final starting and uh, coming out with a champion. I'm hoping that we get six games at least out of the finals. I do not want to sweep as, uh, yeah, it would just be weird if, if both teams got swept in and then one team got swept out. Absolutely. I think it would be disappointing. We want to be able to see some more games, but if we don't see some more games, there's still some quality sports that are coming on this coming weekend. Uh, Let's go ahead and uh, go to the NCAA softball bracket, Derek. I know that this is one of your favorite topics and let's face it. If ESPN cannot show some NBA games, they may pick up some additional softball games. Maybe they need to get, it on ABC on Saturday and Sunday because there's just games they need to make up and there's some quality games out there. So Derek, I'm going to let you have the stage first. It's only fair. Take the stage. What do you want to tell us about what happened at regionals in the NCAA softball tournament? Yeah. So uh, softball kind of lives in Oklahoma city. Uh, and in the state of Oklahoma itself. So we have a very, very dominant um, University of Oklahoma team. They uh, won back-to-back national championships. They're strolling through uh, this the, this tournament pretty well um, with a, what, what did you say earlier, 38-3. In three games, they outscored their opponents 38-3. to uh, So that's a lot of runs uh, to score. But, uh, and then... On the other side, the number six seed is Oklahoma State, and they look uh, dangerous as well. They swept their way um, 3-0 this, uh, this weekend as well. Didn't put up nearly as many runs, but still uh, did a very good job with, uh, you know, with winning their games. So if you want to, to uh, liken this to March Madness, we went from the round of 64, and now we're at the Sweet 16. So the Sweet 16 right now is OU and Clemson. They'll play this weekend. We have Florida State and Georgia in a series. Uh, Duke and Stanford will play a three-game series. The aforementioned Oklahoma State, uh, Oregon will be coming to Stillwater there. We have Bama versus Northwestern, both really good teams. Uh, Washington uh, with the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. 
coming to Seattle area. Uh, the battle for the worst orange, and that's uh, Tennessee and Texas. And then going to Salt Lake, uh, Salt Lake City uh, is San Diego State taking on the Utah Utes. So uh, just a, a quick uh, side note. Um, Sean, I know you listen, uh, former co-host, uh, out on assignment uh, right now uh, following his – he's volunteered to uh, – to follow his Tennessee team. Um, can we change the color, please? Uh, I know you love it, but I can't do it anymore. Uh, so all that being said, to recap the the Big 12 domination, as I'll call it, uh, over the weekend, as we had three teams in the uh, Big 12 moving on to the, the Super Regional. Uh, all three of them are... Well, no, two out of three, I'm sorry, because Tennessee uh, has the Knoxville region. But uh, I call this uh, Thanks for Coming Friday. So uh, OU beats Hofstra 11-0. Oklahoma State beats UMBC 9-0. And Texas 8-0 over Seton Hall. So big, huge numbers uh, run ruled uh, for those games. And then you go to Saturday. Uh, rivalry renewed Saturday. We had OU 11-0 over Missouri. Missouri used to be in the Big 12, and they played a couple of games. Uh, So we had Oklahoma State 6-0 over Wichita State. Wichita State's kind of a a thorn in the side of the Cowgirls as they beat them uh, in a series earlier in the season. And then the Texas versus Texas A&M rivalry was renewed. Uh, It'll renew again in a couple of years when Texas moves over to the SEC. Um, but all Texas school hates each other. And so Texas and Texas A&M especially, um, hate each other. And then what we, we have what's called showdown Sunday, as I like to call it, uh, Cal drops the, the third game of the regional final 16 to three. OU beats Cal, uh, Texas, uh, beats that uh, the Texas A&M team again, 11-5. And then Oklahoma State uh, comes back to win in the last inning, uh, 5-2 over a really good Nebraska team. Uh, so before I move on to anything else, Caleb, can you tell me about your Nebraska Cornhuskers and uh, what you saw out of them this weekend? I thought this was a team that put up a lot of heart. Uh, I would have loved to see them get that that bonus game uh, if they could have pulled the upset against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State still would have only gotten the one loss, and so it would have had to have been back-to-back wins. I think that it's clear based off of how Oklahoma State came back in the seventh, we weren't going to have a chance to win back-to-back games. But I'm proud of the girls. You know, they, they started off the regional with a loss to Wichita State in a nail-biter 6-5. We then beat UMBC 3-2, and then on the revenge game against Wichita State, won it 9-8. So lots of close games, like even losing 5-2 in the finale. Like you said, they were up in that one late and just kind of didn't close it out. When you're playing close games, you're giving your team a chance. Nebraska gave themselves a chance, just didn't quite have enough talent to win that regional down in Stillwater. Yeah, so... I uh, I will say that I was very scared of that first game versus Nebraska as I was watching that because uh, 
I did not expect the cowgirls to come back, but uh, I, uh, I I text Mrs. Caleb over there and I said, "Hey, we should have went to Stillwater. This is what we're gonna get. This is a, a great game." So we talked about the teams that won, but I want to talk about the one of the teams that got bounced early. So uh, there is a, a hierarchy within uh, college softball right now. Uh, there's number one OU, and then the number two team. Is, is quite a distance different uh, between them. UCLA has been in that top five all year. Uh, at one point in time, they were ranked as high as number one. Um, and UCLA uh, played two games over the weekend and lost to both of them. The number two team in the nation did not win a single game in the postseason, and they got bounced early. Uh, I don't know if this is a a good thing or a bad thing when it comes to to college softball because okay, you know we have plenty of parity uh, in the in the brackets. You know, there's a lot of good teams out there. Or if this is just allows a couple of other teams that I uh, root for to make make their way through the uh, through the bracket in an easier fashion. Um, it surprised me that they didn't like, I would think, okay, if you lost two games, okay, you had a bad weekend, but you know, usually that's in the final, the regional final or something like that. They didn't win a single game. And that was surprising. Caleb, uh, do you want to add anything to the surprise of UCLA? So it was pretty surprising when I saw UCLA go out, I kind of saw that they had lost to Liberty and people were like, UCLA is out of the tournament. And I was like, isn't, isn't this day two? wait, did they really lose both of their games? And I had to look. They lost to, of course, the legendary Grand Canyon Antelopes mm-hmm. and then the Liberty Flames. Uh, I think I saw someone use the headline saying that UCLA flamed out of the tournament. Uh, hmm. Well played. Um, I like parody, Derek. You you know this. And in general, I think it shows that it's not just chalk and it shows that there's reasons to watch the regionals. The two seed actually went out last year in the NCAA women's tournament. And that was Florida state. So back to back years, the two seed can't survive the regional. You know, I think especially with us being in Oklahoma with the Sooners being so dominant and Oklahoma state being excellent as well we somewhat take it a little bit for granted that it's oh yeah they're hosting a regional and they'll host a super regional next weekend so we can just wait and check out the super regional right like no uh, anything can happen in these regionals anything is about to happen in the regionals uh derek i want to did you did you keep uh an eye at all on the seattle regional that washington had hosted so I saw some of the games. I did not see. Um, I know that it was. McNeese. I just want to give. Yeah, I got to give a shout out here to Washington getting a comeback against McNeese because McNeese won that game to force the if necessary game with both of them having one loss. McNeese led six to nothing in the top of the seventh of that game. And then Washington put up seven in the seventh inning won seven to six and escaped escaped and get to host a regional 
where LSU was also gone. And so they get to host the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Anything can happen. It's just one of those things where they play the games for a reason, folks. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about the battle for the worst orange this coming weekend, (laughs) the battle for who has the better O between Oklahoma State and Oregon, uh, the battle of who's smarter between Duke and Stanford, or if you're (laughs) watching uh, Oklahoma probably do a revenge game for the 2015 Orange Bowl in which, (laughs) uh, you know, Samaj P. Ryan and Mark Andrews both scored touchdowns for OU. But that's neither here nor there. I at least got yeah, some NFL discussion out of a softball conversation as well. So I'm yeah, there's take, a lot. Take a little bit of a yes there. There's <laughs> a lot of good softball left to play. Um, you know, there's some uh, some teams that lost uh, that you expect to be there. Arkansas got eliminated. Um, but they were in a bracket with Harvard and Notre Dame uh, with Oregon advancing out of there. Uh, so that was a really hard-fought uh, Fayetteville uh, region there. And I'm going to say I love the uh, – I love how – I love this weekend. I love these two weekends uh, and then getting on to the College World Series. Uh, so up next for the teams that we've talked about – uh, Clemson comes to Norman. Hopefully they'll be, uh, which is a best of three series uh, between those. Um, you know, I'm predicting a 2-0 uh, for, for that with a, OU maybe run ruling one and going all seven for the other. And uh, Oregon coming to Stillwater, where that one I think is going to go 2-1. I think Oregon gets that... Uh, that Saturday game, and we're going to have a a Sunday game on there. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying this, Derek. But uh, another thing that I'm enjoying, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take us across the pond. Uh, Speaking of things that you may want to watch, uh, this coming Sunday, if there is no NBA and you're up ready for some brunch, uh, coming on at about 1030 Central Time is literally every Premier League game possible uh that's how they set up the final match day of the season and it is going to be an intense intense matchup for not the championship because uh, that's actually been determined unfortunately that is going to man city congrats man city you were good (laughs) um i don't like them so i'm not gonna say more uh but the the real fun and games is going to be happening at the bottom of the relegation table where there is one spot for safety left available and two spots for relegation. Now, I think that this is probably one of the most interesting things about European football is that they do have this promotion and relegation where if you basically stink, you can get sent down a level and make less money next year. And your team also kind of has their roster all messed up and everything. It's a disaster. One of the teams that is in that this coming weekend is actually the team I root for, Everton. Uh, Everton FC, they come into the weekend with 33 points. They need to find a way to win and they will know that they are safe. They unfortunately are playing a team that is better than them in Bournemouth. We did not play well against Bournemouth earlier this year. It is at Goodison Park, which is Everton's home in Liverpool. 
So I'm hoping that they will be able to show up and show out better than they have been, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Uh, we are seven, 12 and 18. So seven wins, 12 ties and 18 losses this year. And Everton has scored the least amount of goals that anyone has scored in the league this year. So in 37 matches, we've scored 33. So not even one a match. Uh, that's not a good average, Derek, if you did not know. I knew uh, that. <laughs> uh, the two teams that are chasing us are Leicester City, uh, frequently just known as Leicester. Uh, and they'll be hosting West Ham, who is from London, uh, the Hammers. And the other matchup is Leeds United hosting the Tottenham Hotspur Spurs. Uh, normally, I cannot stand rooting for Tottenham, so this is going to pain me, but I'm going to be saying go West Ham and go Tottenham. Really, West Ham and Leicester is the bigger matchup because if either of Leicester or Leeds finds a way to win, Everton is probably not safe if they can get a draw. So this is why Everton getting a win is so critical. They're only two points behind. Leicester would have a tiebreaker on goal differential. Leeds would have to win by at least three over Tottenham Hotspur in order to pass us on goal differential and goal scored. And anything can happen. All the matches are going to be going on at the same time, 10.30 to 12.30 Sunday. Find a TV, watch some of it without a lot of commercials because they don't have them for like 50 minutes at a time. It's also one of the best things about watching soccer. Um, I'm going to say up the toffees because I want the toffees and of course, Everton to succeed beat Bournemouth and just have a great time there at Goodison park. Uh, Derek, do I have you at all interested or hooked on this premier league relegation battle between Everton Lester and Leeds. I cannot wait for you to give me a recap next week on the podcast so that I know exactly what I'm talking about because um, I tried. I, I tried to watch Premier League, um, and I, I I think I'm just a little too far behind. Uh, so maybe it's the start of next season. Are they seasons? Yeah, next they... season will start in uh, August. August. Yeah, it's, August it's to May is June. the seasons. <laughs> Do these people sleep? Like, no, we have we have entire like years off here. Like I we're talking about like January through September. That's a that's a real off season. I know. <laughs> We have so much more of an off-season to cover here at Brody Sports Talk covering the NFL than yeah. you do in soccer. And in that, it's just, oh, transfer windows open. <laughs> People are going places. The Broncos are home asleep in their beds in mid-January. They don't have to worry about playoffs or playing into February or anything like that. A two-month window? Like... When do they do they draft in the Premier League, or are they just uh, oh, no. sign players? So, like, you can sign players at like into your academy when they're children. Like, you can sign like six, seven year olds to come play for your academy, and you basically educate them, feed them, take care of them for 
uh, the family. Very weird and different compared to what we do in sports today. Uh, okay, that's so part where of how... would where would Victor Wembanyama play? Can do you think he could play soccer if uh, at you know seven two seven three whatever he is? I think if you're seven two and you want to play soccer, you should find a goal and be a goalkeeper okay. because with that wingspan, it's going to be a lot tougher for things to get past you. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm looking and it says that like Messi joined a a club in Argentina when he was six years old. Six. Six. I was still eating paste when I was sick. How, how do you know I'm going to be good at soccer at six years old? You take a chance. Okay. So is and this then, like a, Then once a you're signed, like you will. So like once you're signed for one of them, another team can come buy your rights and you can go to that team. It's very weird. Yeah, that sounds weird. I would like to, to continue to keep with the NFL. Um, I, I don't really want to talk about six-year-olds and buying six-year-olds um, for, to play for my team. That's fair. That's very fair. Granted, they would probably be playing other six-year-olds at that point. It's just they're doing it at a semi-pro level. Uh, it's kind of weird. Can Okay, so can I buy... JJ Watts kid because if you like, <laughs> just just wondering can I go ahead and just I'm sure with three NFL players uh, with that last name uh, you know you got a dad that is a three time defensive player of the year uh, a, an uncle that's that's got one and another uncle that uh, is one of the hardest working men in the NFL. Uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think that's. Uh, hey JJ, I know you're listening. Um, go ahead and let me know what's the uh, what's the lowest price that you'll take for to come. I I I I have a backyard. I could probably set up a, a, a an academy. I think. So just to tell you, because I don't know if you are aware of this, but uh, Burnley is a club that was in the championship that is getting promoted this year. And uh-huh. JJ Watt actually bought part of that team. So this is like making the conversation full circle because you brought up JJ Watt. Yeah. This is why I bring up this, this kind of stuff. Cause I know that there are links between soccer and uh, real football. And uh, that's why I bring this stuff up because I do a lot of research prior to these podcasts about all the links that I might randomly think about and talk about. Uh, Yeah. I appreciate it, Derek. I appreciate all of your hearty research on this, but let's go ahead. Uh, Let's go ahead and throw some, uh, I'm going to call them NFL quick bites out there because I don't know that there's a ton of commentary other than the fact that these are the truth. So uh, the NFL owners did, uh, they did listen in. They said, Hey, Derek had this really great idea about, having an emergency third quarterback on game days. Whoop. Uh, they've, they've instituted it. It's happening. Derek, how do you feel? Are you proud? It took like a week. Like I, the last time that I sent them a letter in crayon, 
they didn't uh they didn't listen to my my hand field goal idea i've been holding on to that thing for a good three or four weeks um no but all of a sudden they're like hey we don't want what happened to the 49ers to happen again and so uh we're going to allow you he's not going to count for the 53 uh man roster He's just gonna sit there. He's gonna he's gonna dress, and if you need him, he'll be there. Um. Okay, cool. This is it's, it's a great idea. You don't want. I mean, the the NFL wants ratings, and you don't want two quarterbacks to go down in in a game and not have the ability to uh, to have uh, the game. You know, because that, that 49er Eagle game was just the worst after uh, after those uh, the quarterbacks went down. But the 49ers just have a lot. I mean, I think they just, just put all the people in bubble wrap anyways because Jimmy G was always hurt. He's now moved on to another team. Uh, Trey Lance was hurt, and that allowed Brock Purdy to step in. Brock Purdy got hurt, and then Josh Johnson stepped in. Uh, and uh, and now Josh Johnson is going to another NFL team uh, as he signed with the Ravens this uh, uh, this week as uh, he's been in the league for a very long time with an NFL record 14 different teams. So I guess he is going to be the designated third quarterback uh, and maybe... I think an even better idea is the two teams that are playing that week share the the third string quarterback. Like you put two on your roster or you put as many as you want on your roster. And then if you need him, he knows both of the playbooks. What do you think about that, Caleb? Let's spice it up. I think that reminds me of what the emergency goalie actually is in soccer in a hockey yeah. where like they literally have like someone who may play on a club team who comes in that's like <laughs> in case of emergency bring in goalie and it literally is you're just playing for whoever and hoping that it doesn't crash and burn. Um, I, I'm fine with it being on either roster, but because just you need to know a playbook or something. Maybe maybe you don't. You know, Baker Mayfield played after being uh, sitting with Sean McVay for like two minutes, uh, but any, anything can happen. Uh, I don't but see why not. If we're going to talk about the 49ers, uh, because you did bring them up, uh, did. you know, this coming Super Bowl is going to be in Las Vegas. The Super Bowl after that is in New Orleans. But the one that was just announced recently is Super Bowl LX also known as Super Bowl 60, uh, for those of you who do not read Roman numerals. And that is going to be at good old Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, a.k.a. somewhere near San Francisco. I think, in general, they've had Super Bowls. It's a nice stadium. It'll be interesting for them to get it back. If I'm remembering correctly, they were the one that had the non-Roman numeral Super Bowl in uh, Super Bowl 50. Because, yeah, they had Super Bowl 50, which is uh, the one that was won by a team called the Denver Broncos, 24 to 10. 
so I'm a big fan of that Super Bowl because I record with Derek and uh, always jump on your fumbles, people. But they, they didn't want to put it as Super Bowl L. So <laughs> the Roman numerals will come back, California. So uh, it's going to happen. Any, any thoughts I, uh... on uh, them going back to uh, where the Broncos won the Super Bowl? I got my feelings hurt for, for a second there because I was like, didn't the Broncos win that one? Didn't they win 50? And then I realized you were talking about where it was, not the teams that played in it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I am. Uh, once again, my research has left me and I was I was just um, for a brief moment upset. Uh, but, yes, I am very excited that uh, I love the stadium. I love the history with that stadium. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a, a, I mean, we're, we're years away from it, but, uh, I think it's going to be a really good, uh, and California always has good weather and always has a, uh, a good, um, good stuff that goes with that Super Bowl week. So I, uh, I like, I like, uh, the Super Bowl going to Levi stadium. And as far as drafts are concerned, the NFC North is apparently going to be home to the draft for a little bit because next year in 2024, it is going to the Detroit Motor City. And the following year, it is going to be in a beautiful town that I like to call Green Bay, Wisconsin. Let's go. I don't know if I would have even put this on the notes if it wasn't Green Bay, but as an owner of the Green Bay Packers, I have to say that I'm honored that the NFL has accepted my proposal and that they are going to finally have the draft in Titletown. Uh, it'll be a beautiful time. Uh, any any additional or thoughts about the draft sites, Derek? Yeah, so I want to know, as someone who... Uh, goes to the draft because you're that kind of, of special. Do you think, is there anything that people should prepare for in, for a couple of years? Like, do you think they should start limbering up now? Like, they're going to be standing a while. Like, what, uh, when they go to Green Bay, what do you think uh, is the best course of action? I think that you're going to need to figure out how many cheese curds you can eat in one sitting. Oh, uh, -huh. uh, definitely need to figure out how many coats you can wear at one time because you don't okay. know exactly what the weather's going to be like. <laughs> and mm -hmm. yeah, you definitely want to get, get those, those leg muscles worked out because they are going to hurt regardless and possibly have some fresh shoes because that would have been uh, a smarter idea. My last question um, is, so uh, 2025, as the owner of the Green Bay Packers, who should be the celebrity picker? Who should be the person who announces, I believe it's a second round pick. Um, who should who should announce that second round pick? Who do you want to bring back to uh, as, a, as a legend of the Packers? So I know a lot lately they've had Leroy Butler there, and I think some of that mm -hmm. was to boost his Hall of Fame campaign 
Okay. I think you're going up to Green Bay. I want to see them bring Donald Driver back out on the stage. You know, there's a good good one. Yeah. Seventh round pick. We've talked highly of him before. Uh, I think back on our uh, near election day podcast, uh, we talked about Donald Driver. But a mm-hmm. uh, lot of respect for that guy. And I would love to see him come out and announce a pick anywhere in the draft. Uh, second round, third round. Gotta love Donald Driver. I, I agree with you on that one. Um, you certainly do. Uh, he is just a a guy that uh, you people want to be around and electric personality. So yeah, it's a good pick. Well, uh, that's pretty much all that we have for this Brody bites episode here. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. Uh, instead of doing our normal clothes, I didn't know where it was going to fit in the episode. I just want to say this one goes out to the legendary Jim Brown who had passed away recently. A lot of people remember him as the greatest player in NFL history. He's definitely a little bit before our time, but I wanted to make sure that he got his proper due. So no regular spiel, just tribute to Jim Brown. You did a lot of good things, man. And then on behalf of Derek, my name's Caleb Walgren. We are signing out later y'all. Bye guys.